You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Joel Peter Witkin. Joel, thanks so much for being with me today. My pleasure. Joel, we're talking about your show at Bruce Silverstein, and I have some photographs I'd like to go through and, and, and talk about in the show. This is early work of yours. So, so to begin with, going about as far back as we can go, your, your first photograph is in that show um, from 1950, and I believe you were 11 years old then. Can you tell me a little right. about that image? Okay, uh, my father was divorced from my mother uh, early on in, in my life, in my, my twin's life, and my sister's life. And um, he was a, a glazier and a kind of a, a gambler, a cod shark, whatever. And uh, he wasn't always there to, to bring the alimony. In fact, I had, a, I had a personal joke as a little child. I used to say, uh, Mom, is Al Moni coming today? That's, that's it's very, it's kind of a sad thing. But I mean, he right. was the only uh, uh, male uh, in, in my life for a, a few years when I was a child. And um, he was a mysterious figure. But um, he would bring myself or my, to my sister or my brother a little gift sometime, and he gave me a little camera, a kind of a, a, a strange little thing that took two photographs side by side, and this intrigued me because I could use time, I felt, as a real subject of a photograph, regardless of what the camera saw. And uh, so even at um, 11 years old, I was thinking in terms of... Uh, visual realities and, and how I could combine uh, imagery and the resulting image, and I'm looking at it now, I guess you have a copy there too? Yes, huh? I do. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, was uh, two different views of a marriage. I just came upon this, uh, people coming out of a Catholic church and um, uh, already uh, I remember when I was taking this photograph, I was actually composing in my mind. I couldn't do this in, in physical reality. I couldn't move the people around, but I could move around. And so I decided to um, divide the uh, image between a, a longer shot and a closer shot. And uh, the whole thing worked out. I mean, I, I imagined what the closer shot looked like uh, near the, 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 the more detailed shot on the left. And uh, this was a... a it's not a, like a great photograph, but it, it, it told me that I can think in, in visual terms and, and uh, change things around, uh, but that changing around came later as I really uh, could understand what photography, uh, as I perceived that medium, was. That's such an unusual type of camera. I'd never heard of that. So these are two different images taken in succession, and they both go on to the same piece of film, correct? Right. They're side by side. It was a kind of a, my father gave me this camera. He would be, uh, he was a, was a glazier. He was in tune to, to a, a lot of people, uh, and, but he was aware of uh, different things. And I, I guess he, he heard about this camera, and he got it for me. And, uh, uh, you know, he was a, a, a guy who was a kind of a, a non-father uh, whose um, 
secret was to be a song and dance man. But he was, as I mentioned, he was a glazier, he was a worker. And uh, he had his own business, though. And um, I, I, I think that uh, he saw in me and my brother and my sister um, uh, an extension possibly of himself in, in, in uh, interest that he had. And so um, I, I, I was always and have been a positive person. And I saw this in him. And uh, uh, this, with the give me this camera, was a result of his interest and, and as a gift to me. And uh, I enjoyed working with it. And uh, as I say, it's my first photograph when I was 11 years old. And um, I love, yeah. I, I love that story. Yeah, that's a kind of um, a, a beautiful story and such an unusual camera I, um, I mean, that, that I haven't heard of. I mean, moving forward now almost, um, almost uh, 20 years, uh, actually, yeah, 20 years forward. Now you're, you're in your yeah. late 20s. The next photo we're looking at is... Um, Contemporary images of Christ on the roof rest after the passion right. of Batman and Christ. <clears throat> and this one, you know, we not only have an image of someone who looks like Christ here on a roof, but also someone who's dressed as Batman with a newspaper that looks like it's, it's you must have had it printed yeah. because the headline is Christ Returns. <laughs> right. There was a place on 42nd Street on Broadway that uh, actually did this. A lot of people would have uh, them for birthday or weddings, you know. <clears throat> And they would have, uh, you know, they would buy a stack of 20, 30, 50 of these things. And uh, I just asked for one and uh, got it. And um, uh, Christ returns. <laughs> and the, um, uh, the Batman guy is supposed to be kind of satanic, kind of representing the world, the population of the world. And um, he's reading the story about Christ returning. And um, uh, while Christ is sitting in a chair, as you can see, uh, looking at the viewer as a kind of a, a presence, as a reality. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, what happens is that I was living in this building that the roof uh, was the roof of this building I was living in. And um, I had my apartment on the first floor. And uh, it was a five-story building. So there were three apartments on each floor and uh i remember uh getting the the batman uh i, I led the way of, of the batman in his costume holding the chair and the christ figure uh in costume holding his chair and um, we passed this uh woman on the fifth floor that was a kind of a, a i don't know she was a kind of like uh uh, she was creepy. Like she would tell stories about people, and what, she was like a, a, a nasty person. And she called the police, uh, saying that there's a robbery in the building, and that, that people are dressed in costumes. And uh, while I was setting the chairs up and the shot up, um, the policemen, two policemen, burst through uh, the the door of the roof uh, with guns out. And but I knew them both because I was a a waiter in a bar, a local restaurant, and they would come in there. They were local cops, and we all laughed. And uh, I, then oh, I proceeded God. to uh, <clears throat> I proceeded to uh, pose the models and take the shot. Wow, what a, what a story! Yeah, landlords or people in buildings can be, um, yeah, crazy. And that is a 
Uh, yeah, fantastic story. So, so now we're a year later, and we're still in early work. Um, uh, a year later, uh, another staged image uh, of Olympia. This, of course, is a restaging of an image we know well, right? But, but quite different than the kind of symbolism of the, of the last image, a, a different approach here in some respects. Right. It was by, by of course, Manet. I, I think uh, the image is in the Louvre. Um, uh, yeah, it was this, this model, a Jewish uh, student, really beautiful, beautiful woman. And um, I asked her to pose for me as Olympia being, you know, uh, was considered the essence of beauty, and, and especially in the uh, 1800s. Uh, my Olympia would be a stunningly beautiful Jewish woman. I knew from the Cooper Union, these are my notes, um, I was a student there as well as she, and I left my studio several hours before the shot in order to find, you know, I had to take a subway, but I was hoping to find, and I, I really believe that um, I can do this, I had to find a black man to pose nude. And sure enough, um, there was a guy who looked great. And I approached him, and I, I, I said, I showed him a little drawing, and I said I'd give him $50 if he would pose nude, his face wouldn't be shown, genitals wouldn't be shown. He would just be holding a bouquet uh, near a, a nude white woman. Uh, and this wouldn't be pornography, it would be fine art. And uh, to my surprise, he said, yes, yeah, let's do it. And uh, so we, uh, we went to the studio. The uh, woman was there, the model. Uh, and um, the first thing I did is I put the bedspread and the pillow down and... Uh, put her uh, in, in position, uh, and then positioned the black man and took the shot. I mean, it was all pre-lit. I have pre-lit this thing. And uh, it was very, very easy to do, and I was very happy with it. I, I knew it was, uh, it was a, a very, very good image. Uh, but it was helped, of course, historically by <laughs> Manet's image of Olympia. But I was showing this very beautiful uh, contemporary Jewish woman in, in, in the East Coast. And um, I, I loved it. I loved her expression. The expression was one of, of certainty and resolve. And she was, and she was in reality, uh, matured beyond her age. And this is a, a medium format um, that you were using? Camera? camera? Or 35 millimeter? Yeah, the camera was 35 millimeter, or is this medium format? Uh, you know, I actually seventy four. Uh, I I think it was a six by seven. Yeah, six by seven, a rectangle. Uh, so, so the the next image. Thanks for that. And that is a, a beautiful image. You know, um, thank you. Just 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 just, just the range of the of the of the blacks and whites in there is is, is gorgeous, right? From well, her I'm, skin I'm, I'm, to his color and and the background is. Extraordinary yeah, range well, of, of part of my work is the fact that the print obviously is the resolution of, of everything, and I'm a fantastically good printer, always have been, and um, uh, I, I when I, I print when I, I decide on one particular negative of one work, um, I try to make a print that uh, no one else can. Uh, by way of the tones, by way of um, the presence of, of uh, the subject matter. So, yeah, printing yeah. is 
is the finality of the photograph. And uh, I've known a lot of photographers who don't print, which is uh, like saying, uh, you know, you're going to climb a mountain, Charlie, even though you don't have any legs. Uh, it's that kind of thing. Uh, you've got to do it. You've got to get up that hill, and you've got to do it by, by your own means, uh, in this case, in printing. So uh, the next image would be uh, Objects Held in Throne, L.A. Death. And <clears throat> that, uh, the series, Objects Held in Throne, is that I would have close to the camera uh, an object that would be not a part of existing reality, but would change that reality in a mysterious way. It wouldn't offer any solution. In fact, it would offer uh, additional mystery. And um, so <laughs> I, had, <clears throat> I was using a, a 6x7 camera with a wide-angle lens, and that's my hand holding this doll head uh, against the post. And um, I had a red filter on the camera, so I really couldn't see in the shadows. And uh, only when I developed this roll of film did I see that a woman was walking uh, uh, near the, on the left-hand side, uh, close to these, uh, these hedges. And I was a, it was a beautiful little surprise because I didn't know uh, until I, I photographically saw what the image was. And uh, so I scratched her face out because she was a witness. And... Um, uh, wow. When I did that, I, I knew that the image was my own secret. I also scratched out, as you can see, a, a kind of sign on a building. Um, I, well, I wanted to get rid of that reality, too, uh, to make it my own. And, and, and this image, um, yeah, another beautiful print, the, the range of tones here. Um, I mean, maybe it's, it's my reading into it, but when I looked at this and I see you know, a head separated and a car, I know you had uh, that, that incident that's been written about before that when you were very young, there was a car accident and, um, and remarkably you saw something rolling towards you and it was um, the decapitated right. head of a, of a young girl. Does this, does this image or that series also relate to that experience? Because it, that's kind of where I went to when I first saw this image. Well, that, you know, I was, uh, I was amazed by what you said because I didn't think of that. <laughs> I didn't think of of combining those two realities. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see that looking at the uh, reproduction now. Um, but that wasn't my thinking when uh, I was doing the series of photographs. And of course, the series was my holding uh, uh, this object uh, in, in different kind of um, ordinary circumstances. But it would basically mystify uh, what the camera was seeing. Uh, but in this case, it was even better uh, because of the witness who didn't know she was a witness, and um, she became part of uh, my my world or my reality of the photograph. So you know, we, from from the first photograph we talked about, which was which was also about you manipulating a visual reality, to this one. I mean, in between mm -hmm. is when that 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 incident happened, which. Um, you know, as, as I understand it, was, was uh, you know, changed the way you were looking at reality. What was real, uh, to see a decapitated head like that is, um, is it tremendous and, and, and I, I would imagine, you know, uh, creates a great impression. Um, so when you talk about these different realities or, or, the, or these kind of private realities that you're making here, 
is that part of what you were exploring, you know, post that experience? Is it... Well, I can I can say this: it's it's everything that um, I become part of by observation, by circumstance, anything uh, that grips me as a possibility of making a photograph um, uh, is I feel is a gift uh, from God. Uh, that um, I feel as though I'm uh, back in in the days of of the Renaissance where a a lot of work was based on spirituality. And that's basically a a key to how I I live and see the world anyway. And uh, so even though I was talking about the shot again, L.A. Death, uh, even though I was prepared to make the photograph of this doll head on the post, uh, and I like the figures and the the action in back, the car, the houses, whatever. And to have this witness uh, there that I only saw later uh, made uh, the mystery even more, com- for me, more compelling. And uh, I don't know what she thought. You know, she may have been thinking about her life and whatever's going on in her life that day, although she may have been looking at myself and saying, what the hell is that guy doing, you know, and holding this little head against the pole and whatever. But I I never know. I will never know because she passed by, and and I knew that somehow or other uh, she was part of this photograph, either by witness or maybe she was inside it. And I found out later when I processed the films that she was uh, inside it, and she was key uh, to, to the image. It's so, so interesting, and, and you know, to, as we move on to the next image, you know, part of the thread that's, of course, running through your work that you're talking about is this, um, uh, this spiritual search, so to speak, that you're on, death, and has a history, of course, in, in photography, and, um, and you're, you're referencing that and exploring that through your work. In this, in this next image, Symbols of the Resurrection, which is a few years later even, um, it mm-hmm. seems you're moving even deeper into that territory. Is, is, is that correct? Because we have something that looks like it's, it's dead in the arms of, uh, of a, a blindfolded uh, man, yet this is a, a resurrection. Right. It was, uh, I, I found this, this uh, I think it was a, a dog uh, who was run over several times by cars, and um, someone, I guess, had kicked it uh, near the gutter uh, of a street I was walking on, and... Uh, I said that this was the the impetus for uh, this idea of uh, the resurrection. And um, so, uh, I mean, it it sounds a little quirky, but uh, the whole idea was that I got this uh, cat, uh, a dog, I should say, and brought it uh, to my apartment and got the idea. I made some sketches and uh, the next day I actually made the photograph in a, in a photographic studio. Um, and uh, uh, the model was terrific, uh, terrific. The guy had a great build, uh, the skin tone I wanted. I put the mask on him. His hair was long, and, and uh, the shapes of the hair were great. Uh, those uh, are those, uh, shells around him, <coughs> his body. And I was, at the time I was working in a restaurant, uh, that we had uh, shellfish, <laughs> and I got some of the shells uh, ready to to put on him, and I did. And uh, uh, it's it's different uh, between uh, talking about how 
a structure is made for a photograph and, and the way the resulting photograph looks. Uh, but I was so sure that uh, these shapes would be mysterious on his body. Uh, you know, what, uh, you, you can't define what those shapes are, you know. Are they, are they aspects of some um, sound or are they beings in themselves? But they're on his body and they're mysterious, all four of them. And he's holding this um, animal that has, looks like arrows in it. And um, so... Right, which is a, which is a the, little bit like St. Sebastian. Uh, right, right. Perhaps, perhaps a reference to that. Like a dead saint. Uh, but this man, <coughs> sorry. Uh, this man, this mysterious man, is holding this symbol. And, um, uh, I mean, uh, from day-to-day kind of thinking, uh, this animal full of arrows and spears doesn't stand a chance of being resurrected. Um, but that's that's a kind of a, a very, very, you know, flat review uh, in words of, of what this could be. It, in a sense... Uh, the meaning of the photograph for me is the fact that we take belief and we make it sacred uh, because it's bigger than ourselves. Uh, the people that don't believe it uh, don't go there. And I think that's what the essence of this uh, image is about. And, and the next image, um, you know, is, uh, is about the same time, I think, um, just, uh, just a few years later, it's, Woman breastfeeding an eel, you know, of the ones we've talked right. about so far, the most, the most enigmatic uh, image in, in terms of what's happening here. There's, it looks like there's scratching in the background, uh, and, and on the image, there's a, it's a fascinating image. Yeah, I, I got the, uh, the eel uh, as a subject because I worked as a waiter in a restaurant, and the meaning of this image was to create an impossible situation, although the model was a friend. Uh, who was called Big Ann because she had enormous breasts. And I made this uh, cone shape, this mask, um, and lit the backdrop to remove her uh, from reality. Uh, as though the light is, is kind of crowning her. And uh, uh, you see that kind of uh, mystery, this mask. And um, in, a, in a way, she can't, of course, she can't see physically, but she can feel that the uh, eel is breastfeeding. And um, it, it's everything about the photograph is an impossibility. It's about belief. And uh, it's about uh, non-reality. But I, that's what I wanted to photograph. <coughs> And the next image um, we have here is, is a few years back, and, and this is, um, you know, uh, called Clockface Man. And I, I really spent a lot of time in front of this image because it was hard for me to understand exactly what was happening here. It doesn't look like there's a figure there. It looks almost like, a, uh, you know, something that's painted on a wall. And, and it also has a kind of surrealist uh, feeling to it, but, but really a beautiful image and unlike all the rest. Right, because uh, I made this image in Paris, and I saw this outside of a, of a watch shop. And obviously the, um, uh, the owner of the store, possibly or somebody uh, close to the shop, um, made this, uh, Pepe Mache and painted it, and then had this clock face with this very beautiful, surreal eye. Um, and it was there. 
and, and I know that people identified with it. And, and what was so glorious was that it wasn't tied down. In other words, just was standing there. It was like a pet mache man. And anyone could have, you know, taken this away, you know, walked away with it, destroyed it, whatever. But it was, it was uh, sacrosanct. Uh, I guess people really loved this. It was mysterious. I loved it, too, when I photographed it. Um, and um, um, all I had to do was document how beautiful and mysterious this was. So um, I held the camera. Um, I had a tripod. But um, uh, I composed this in a very, very quick way and took a few shots, and, and that was it. And uh, it's a wonder for me. I, I really, it's a wonderful image. You wouldn't have this uh, existing in the United States. Uh, it's something that's very European, especially French. I think uh, it's delicate. Uh, and someone in the watch shop made this as a kind of a symbol of uh, man's or human's use of time. And I, I, I love that that circumstance. Uh, and the, the French are some, somehow mysterious and very good at, at doing things like that. Yeah, that's that, that's so true. Um, it's it's a um, it's, it's really a, a fantastic image. When when I was looking closely at it, and as I'm looking closely at it now, in the collar of this figure, there it looks like there's a woman's face. Am I seeing? Am I just kind of seeing that, or does that exist? It looks like it's a reflection, either of someone that's on the street or perhaps of yourself. Do, do you see that in the collar just below the, just below the seven? Right. I, I, I don't. I'm looking at a reproduction, and I'm thinking that this is a long, long time ago. I don't think I've ever seen that. I think you're, you're maybe a better visual person than I am. <laughs> yeah, well, there's surprises, and that's part of photography, right? Sometimes there's a surprise, and, and uh, yeah, I'm certain there's a woman in there. She may even be smoking a cigarette, but it's fairly clear, and it's wow. interesting how, how um, yeah, uh, photography can but, uh, still create what? Yeah, but the thing is that I'm looking at, a, you know, a reproduction, and this photograph was made uh, for me in a way like centuries ago, but uh, I'm glad you saw that because... I don't see it in the reproduction. Uh, I'm looking for shapes inside that form, but uh, it, it's not giving me anything. It's too small. It, 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 yeah, it's just, just to the left of that collar. It's right in the middle of the collar, but just to the left mm -hmm. of that collar. Uh, yeah, a woman's face. You can see her hair and a hand. And, wow. uh, yeah, fascinating. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll have to look at the, the, the actual print. Because uh, I've never and, seen that, so you know maybe you're a better artist than I am. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, it was it was a it was a print that I spent a lot of time in front of at this show, and and uh, oh, good. because like like so much of your work, there seems to be more to discover uh, in 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 the next work. Um, you know, upon really looking at it closely, um, Sacred Heart is. Um, yeah, is is of course we we jumped back in time a little bit with Clock Face Man. Now we're at seventy nine. Sacred Heart is, um, is, is the next image. Right. And I, I did make a little notation there. I wanted to bring God, I, I, I wrote down, uh, down to earth to show the suffering of Christ on the body of a woman. And um, uh, I got, that's a cow's heart. And there was, believe it or not, um, 
a facility in in New York City that basically, you know, they, they tear down animals. You know, they take parts out of it. It's horrible to go in there. Um, but uh, they, I walked in. I was told about this place, and I walked in. I was given permission to check it out a little bit, and there was a barrel full of hearts uh, taken from um, animals, and uh, I was just stunned. And I didn't want to stay there too long, but I said, how much do you want for a heart? And the guy said, give me five bucks. And so I, I, I gave the guy five dollars, and I had this heart. And this would be the, the beginning of, of um, uh, the photograph. This would be the sacred heart. And I made the little cross for it, and I put nails in it, and this was before the shot, uh, as it was hung around her neck in a very, very uh, thin piece of, of plastic uh, line so you really wouldn't see it in the print as, as much as it could be and <clears throat> um, she was a woman called Gita who was a, a German American um, and she uh, I forget what she did but she was a friend of mine that lived there in the same uh, building as I did and I said uh, do you want to pose for me and um, I showed her a little sketch I made and uh, the incredible thing about Gita, which I didn't know, the fact that she was a woman in her 40s, but she had these really beautiful young breasts. And um, so I felt this would be, when I saw them, you know, I, got the, I gave her the gold gloves, I, I get, and she had her own little, uh, uh, whatever that, that thing she's wearing, a kind of, uh, uh, what do you call this, a, kind of a, what do you call that? A dressing mm-hmm. gown or something like that. Yeah. Right, and, a nightgown uh, of some kind, yeah. Right, and then she's wearing jeans, you know, you can see it, um, like Levi's or something. <laughs> and I made that mask, and um, uh, she had this expression on her face that was so, she was German, I think, that, and, and the, the expression is so longing, or maybe it's empty, but it was perfect. That, that was the basis of my taking... Uh, the shot when I saw the eye uh, in that kind of mournful aloneness, I took the shot. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful image, and um, and there's a, it seems like a, a spot of light in the background too, which is yeah. Um, I I don't want to start saying I see faces in there, but I almost do. Um, but the spot <laughs> of light in the background is uh, almost like a little a little star or something, right? That's, a, that's nice. Yeah, I don't see it that though. I, I see the, the, the point, but yeah, you're very imaginative. It's good. Um, well, there's, a, there's I, a, I not, not a point, but yeah, it's a, it's a little dot of light, right, just to the right. to her left, yeah. Right, and uh, yeah, over her shoulder kind of. And I, I said here, I had little notations. I wanted to bring God down to earth to show the suffering of Christ on the body of a woman. And um, yeah, she didn't have the slightest clue at what I was doing. Um, uh, and I, I think, you know, uh, I, I don't know anything about this woman. I, I, if I knew anything, I forgot it. Uh, I think she was a, a kind of a waitress. I knew she was German, very heavy German accent. Uh, and I showed, when I showed her the sketch, she was amused. And I said, uh, would you pose for it? And would you show your, your breasts? He said, oh, yeah, I like it, I like it. Because she would always wear these, um, I guess she never wore a bra, like, and then you can basically see the nipples and whatever. And um, 
Uh, so uh, that was just basically her her way of showing her body or communicating or whatever. But she was great. Uh, she somehow was very removed as a model, which I wanted. And um, uh, how that sacred heart got on her body and she's exposing herself and exposing the sacred heart is a kind of a mystery. And that's the mystery of this photograph. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. The the the, the last image we have um, is that we're talking about is from 1979 also, and um, and this one also has um, scratching in it and um, and a number of things that seem to foreshadow what's coming in your work, future work when you're you're working with um, corpses and other things. But um, yeah, let's talk about this one because this is a. a a very unusual image, and it looks like the Pietà in, in, in many respects. Well, yeah, it is. Um, that title is Minimat Pietat. That Pia is, is uh, just a kind of a play on words. It was like a kind of a, a mini Pietà, and that's basically what it means. Uh, and uh, what it was is that uh, the chap lying down, the Christ figure, is wearing a bra and a girdle, and uh, the woman, uh, the Mary figure, is basically, I scratched her hand out, but the, her hand, her right hand, would be uh, basically her uh, uh, hand and fingers around his genitals. And um, it's all about suffering. I mean, I obliterated his face. He's in drag. Uh, and I obliterated her face. But in the scratching, uh, which is very, very uh, interesting, it, it shows a different kind of face because you see the eye darkening and, and the, the mouth uh, and you see the, the nose shape come out of the eye socket somehow. And uh, I like that. It, it's a kind of contemporary uh, image of a situation that is mysterious and exists in belief. And what I wanted to do is to show uh, the fact that the opposite the fact that this is not a spiritual image but a physical image of uh, what people want or believe they want physically. So she is uh, like a dominant woman squeezing or embracing his, his uh, genitals. And uh, he's in drag by way of a bra and girdle and his face is totally eliminated uh, because I really wanted the image to be his mindset what he's asking her to do to him. So, so in, in, in scratching out these images, you're scratching the, the negative or, or the print? The negative. And so, you know, when, as you said, it, it alters the face, right? In the, in, the, in the figure sitting up, something's pulling back on the mouth also, and it looks also, you know, we're talking about suffering, so while it obscures the face, it also begins to look like um, the face is, is bleeding or cut or disfigured in some way, especially right, the eye, right. as you're saying, on the, on the right. person. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, both the, the, the faces are kind of mystified by the scratching. Uh, you can never see the identity of the woman, and uh, the face of, of the man uh, is, is just obliterated. <clears throat> and, and this is, because, um, you, know, you know, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I wasn't interested in, in showing their faces because that would kind of blow uh, 
the, um, um, the, 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 the kind of uh, presentation. So I had to mystify them by eliminating them as much as possible because what's important uh, are the, the three scratching, the face, two faces that are scratched and also her right hand, which is around his genitals, is scratched because uh, that meant to me that they're both experiencing, both Mary and Christ, uh, the same kind of mysterious suffering of uh, his purpose in coming to earth. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a beautiful idea and construction and image, of course, and, the, and, and the, the richness of that background. Like you're saying, you, you know, you make these gorgeous prints, and, and this is certainly one of them, from the, the white of the girdle and bra to that, that deep, rich background and the head uh, kind of disappearing. Right. This is the last image that we're talking about. It, feel, it feels to me, though, that this, um, the work that came after that, where you were you know, looking for more than a cow's heart, you, you, you were using other body parts of, of, of cadavers. Is, is, is this, does this work? Um, I, I kind of left on this work thinking that um, this was part of what opened up that, that next body of work, or, or, or was it? Um, because a- after this work, if, if I'm not mistaken, that, that is when you begin um, making work that, um, that is no longer early work, right? The, the, the work where um, you're using corpses, cadavers, and, and, and rearranging them. Um, is, right. is, do you think this, this work leads into that, or am I reaching there? Uh, you know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't flow the way you can kind of see uh, images together that make sense. Uh, for me, my interest uh, generated the idea of possibility of, of what I could photograph. And so that uh, looking through these images, <clears throat> it just depended on uh, what I felt, what came into my mind as the precursor, uh, the foundation of what the image could be. Because I always start with an idea and I make sketches. And, um, uh, you know, with, with uh, Contemporary Images of Christ's Roof, uh, I was living in this uh, apartment building and I said, the roof, which no one goes up to, except maybe the people living on the fifth floor, if they want to sunbathe, they can sunbathe nude up there, whatever. Um, but uh, I remember the day where, <coughs> sorry, I had the Batman in his outfit holding the newspaper in his chair and the Christ figure holding the chair, and we, we were talking, you know, and, and I was holding my tripod and camera and uh, a little sketchbook. And um, as we were walking from my apartment on the ground floor to the top of the building on the fifth floor, certain people would be inside and they would be hearing our conversations and a couple of, of people opened the door to see <laughs> these two people holding these chairs and they didn't know what was going on. And one woman called the police. And, um, but at the time, my, my nighttime job was a waiter in a bar restaurant. And so I knew some of the policemen who would come to the, to the, you know, to the club. And um, uh, the guy that came over, that come, you know, came to the roof, he had his gun drawn while the bottles were sitting down. And he said, hey, hey Whitkin, he just called me Whitkin. Hey, Whitkin, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm making a photograph. That's what I do. I said, okay. And then he left. 
It's a great story and great talking to you about this. If, it, the, the, you know, as we go through all these images and we're, we're done talking about those images, um, you know, you're, you, you had a lifetime of making images like that. You're, you're in your 80s now. Where you've been exploring yeah. themes of, of, of spirituality, of physicality, of, 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 you know, realities, visual realities. As you look back on, on, on this work, is there, um, I don't want to say conclusions that you've come to, but these are very rich, these are very deep subjects that, that people spend lifetimes working on. Um, when, when you look at images now or, or are, 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 are reading or, or working today, um, looking back on this, do you feel that there's something you've, um, for lack of a better word, learned through all these explorations of, of spirituality and death and life through your visual images? Well, I'm, I'm looking at uh, the contemporary image of Christ, uh, the roof, and uh, I'm looking at, even though it's a reproduction, it's a damn good image. And um, it's an image that could only, I think, be only taken by the photograph. Um, I, I love the, the fact that on Batman's cape, or maybe Satan's cape, um, uh, I took an exposure long enough to see the blur in his cape, and, uh, which I didn't know what would happen until I made the print. And actually, I saw the negative. Uh, I saw that too. But uh, it made total sense. I mean, here I am just talking about this particular image, uh, and I've taken Western art history and brought it down to uh, our time, and I put it on a rooftop of a tenement building in the West Village, and I'm combining a, a Christ figure who's holding the, the wound in his side uh, that he got from uh, a Roman soldier, and uh, a spear, and uh, there's a Batman figure reading a newspaper about Christ returning. And somehow or other, uh, the dialogue between these figures uh, are, are the story of, of maybe our civilization, you know, the spiritual aspect of it, and, and the mystery of just surviving in the world. And uh, that's what I, I love about this image. And it doesn't tell anything. It suggests things. And that's, I think that's a, a better way of, of uh, arriving at uh, a meaning of, of an image like this. Uh, it's funny. It's, it could be very sad because you know these are models um, taking the place of unknown characters, if I can say characters, or beings. And... Um, but for me, it makes perfect uh, sense that uh, there is always in my work, especially in this, I'm looking at this photograph, there's humor, and yet at the same time, uh, there's density. There's a density of meaning and history. Absolutely, yeah. It's been a pleasure talking to you about this. Thanks so much, Joel. I, I want to ask you one more question, which is off topic, but um, what are you reading at now or reading now or, or, or looking at? In, in, in your in your studio, uh, I'm looking at a book on Nan Ray, uh, which is uh, a very very nice book, uh, and he, I think he was a wonderful wonderful uh, artist. Uh, the fact that he he changed his name, the fact that he moved to Europe, lived in Paris, and he was uh, you know a nice Jewish guy, and um, uh, he wanted to live 
inside his imagination and inside the um, uh, the circumstances of the people he would meet, especially in Paris and in that uh, culture. And I think he's he's one of my heroes. The fact that he gave his life for for art, and uh, that's what I do too. Uh, that's what any good artist does. Uh, they have this spark or this light, and they have they have to find meaning uh, inside of themselves that can be made into an image that people can see. And somehow or other, there's a communication between uh, souls, but that communication is represented visually in, could be a painting, sculpture, photograph. And there's a need there that I think that's God-given. And there's a need to express ourselves and the wonder of being in life. Joe, I want to thank you for talking to me today. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.